Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Welcome to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. I am one of your hosts, Cheryl Todd. And I'm Dan Todd. What a great week we've had this week, Cheryl. Elections and all the cool stuff that's going on. The theme of our show today is the elections decided. So now what? Well, I guess that's my my line, right? Do I tell you the election's decided and so now what? Um, so much, right? Have you turned on the news? Well, I turn it right back off because it's it's really just too much to take. So ignoring the childish and bad behavior, the college students who can't cope, right? And the ridiculous tantrums that are disguised as protests and played out as riots. We have much to celebrate, right? We have elected someone who has promised to protect and preserve our constitutional rights, including our Second Amendment. And that is good for everyone, We have elected someone who has promised to appoint Supreme Court justices who will not pander to a political party, but rather fairly and impartially interpret law. And that is good for everybody. How refreshing it will be that all people once again will be treated as equal under the law. But none of this will happen unless we remain vigilant. We, the people, have an incredible responsibility that we must determine to never again abdicate and ignore. In the Bible, and I know some of you get nervous when I start with in the Bible, but hang with me. In the book of Luke, in the 12th chapter, in the 48th verse, are these words, to whomever much is given of him will much be required, and to whom much was entrusted, of him more will be asked. Basically, these next four years are ours to screw up. We and our elected officials have been given much and entrusted with much, and as we voted to elect Donald J. Trump and Mike Pence for the White House, We also, across the nation, elected representatives in both the Senate and the Congress, which are from the party of conservatives, as well as governors and many local offices. The Republican Party has never seen such a surge in votership and support since at least 1928. And now that we hold so many offices at every level, we must, minute by minute, be worthy of this opportunity to serve. The Democrats are afraid and they're acting out in fear because we have just experienced eight years of being ruled. And naturally, they are afraid that we will react in kind. Let's decide here and now 
that we will serve our fellow man. We will serve our representatives and we will serve our newly elected president by being involved in the political process and reminding our representatives with our phone calls, with our emails and our vigilance over their behavior in office of how we, the people, want them to serve us. Dan? Wow, that was a great show. Tune in next week when we have... No, sure. We only have a two-hour show. I mean, come I on. I had a lot to say. I've had I've had a few days to think about what's going on out there. You but know, I've got some comments on that too. But before I get ahead of myself, I'd like to introduce our guests that we have today. Okay. So we'll do that, and then I I do have some comments on that. Our first hour, we have Jake McGuigan. Guigan. Guigan. He's a senior director, government relations, state affairs for the NSSF. We have Bill Chachkis. Chachkis. He's a producer and lead host for the Firearms Chat podcast. We have John Richardson. John Richardson is a blogger at No Lawyers, Only Guns and Money, and co-hosts the Polite Society podcast. Our second hour, we have Maj Touré. He's a founder of Black Guns Matter. Maj is a solutionary hip-hop artist and activist from North Philly. He founded the Black Guns Matter movement in 2015 and advocates for Second Amendment education and information for urban communities. And he's doing a great job with that. Mm -hmm. We also have Lloyd Bailey. Bailey is the host of American Lutheran Radio, Armed Lutheran Radio, a weekly podcast about faith, firearms, and freedom. The Armed Lutheran Radio is also a member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. Are you noticing a theme there? The Self-Defense Radio Network, that is a network that our show recently uh, joined. And so if you go to their website, uh, you will see a wonderful grouping of different podcasts and shows. And you can just binge listen to your heart's content. And of course, in our second hour, we have our Responsible Armed Citizen Report and Dan's Commentary. Well... I'll start off by if there's anybody out there that is afraid. I mean, we look on the media right now, we're seeing people are crying in public about the decision that Trump became our president, right? Yes, they are. And, you know, I've been in the gun business here at AZ Firearms for 10 years, a little over 10 years now. And we went through eight years of Obama. And I have to say, when Obama was elected... I was fearful. I was I was just terrified that okay, my livelihood, which I'd had going for two years, was suddenly going to end. Mm-hmm. And I was terrified. I, I didn't go in public and cry. I don't even think I cried. I think I just picked myself up and said, Okay, we're gonna have a fight, but we're gonna get through it. But in those eight years, I've had a year and two month audit with the IRS. I've had several BATF, which is alcohol, tobacco, and firearms inspections. We were denied being able to process credit cards, which is another part of our livelihood, thanks to uh, Eric Holder and um, Operation Chokehold. Choke point. Choke point. And the fast and furious gun running thing also affected us. And every instance that we had, I just decided at that time, 
I'm going to pick up and get stronger. And I, I did get stronger. And even if Hillary would have been elected, I was ready to fight because we fight for what is right for us. And right. so all those people that are out there afraid, why are you afraid that we have a man that's going to uphold our Constitution and every person that he hires or appoints is going to be there to uphold our Constitution? Why are you afraid of that? Are you afraid that you might have to get off your butt and go get a job? I think some are. Are you afraid that you're going to actually have to study in class and you're going to have to apply yourself? I think some are. Well, this is America. This is what we do. We work hard. Right. And, and behind every dark cloud is a silver lining. And, you know, we thought that, and we did face a lot of opposition, like you're saying, uh, as far as the Second Amendment, it was attacked from all these uh, odd angles, right? There wasn't this full frontal assault. It was attacked through uh, the culture and, you know, demeaning our way of thinking and, um, you know, on and on. Just like you said, Operation Choke Point, Operation Fast and Furious, all of these things coming against us. And yet, what do they call <laughs> President Obama? They call him the best gun salesman in the history of of all time because he set such a fear out there that people engaged and they they decided oh i value my gun rights so not only am i going to enact them by purchasing guns and getting training and teaching my children but i'm also going to show up at the polls and i'm going to vote to protect those rights so i don't know why they can't see the last eight years the people that are freaking out in the streets other than i think that it's I think it's purposeful. I think that it's a, one of those funded. We saw through the whole election season, there were, you know, riots. There were fights at the, the rallies. And then we find out through the WikiLeaks uh, email uh, exposure, exposure that the, those were people being paid to show up and cause trouble by the left. Right. And so, you know, I know that a lot of this is, is that, that people are being paid to go out there and stir up trouble. But the people who are idealistically um, involved in it and truly in their heart, they're afraid. I have empathy for them, but I don't have sympathy for you. I have empathy because we've been there. We've been afraid, but we took the proper steps. We didn't go, you know, walk out of class. You know, we, we knuckled down, we buckled down, and we got to it, and we got involved in the political process in a positive way to influence people in a positive way. Right, and, uh, you know, a, a note to the Democrats out there. There's a lot of Democrats that love guns. Get on board with your rights, okay? Because I think that's a big reason why Hillary lost, because she didn't think much of our rights, Okay. So individual rights, she didn't think much about that. You know, so the theme is the election is decided, so now what? So what is now what? Well, I think now what is we still have to really charge forward. We have to bring the gun community even closer together so that we can stay with this, stay strong with this fight. We're always going to have it. All right. So that's our opener. Holy cow, we're not usually that fired up, but I think it I think it needed it today. And I'm so excited about the guests we have today because they all are deeply involved in getting information out, educating people, and uh, are tapped into 
uh, doing the right things to move the ball forward, politically speaking and otherwise. So stick around because our first guest coming up is Jake McGuigan, the Senior Director of Government Relations and State Affairs for the National Shooting Sports Foundation, right after this. When you're working hard to beat debt, you've got to think of creative ways to get your income up. Here's an idea. Sell some stuff at auction. Start with locally owned and operated potofgoldestate.com. The owners, Dan and Cheryl Todd, have over 60 years of combined experience in selling antiques, collectibles, guns, coins, and jewelry. And over their many years in business, they've earned the trust of thousands of people just like you. Whether you're saving for a rainy day emergency fund or paying down debt, let potofgoldestate.com help you get the extra cash you need. Potofgoldestate.com will purchase your items outright, or you can consign them to their twice-a-month online auction. Pot of Gold's nationwide online auction is a great place to get top dollar for your collectibles. They specialize in everything from antiques, coins, high-end collectibles, to cars, boats, guns, and more. Get started today at potofgoldestate.com, or visit them off I-10 and Dysart Road in Historic Avondale for some live auction action. For more information, visit potofgoldestate.com. That's potofgoldestate.com. Hey ladies, Cheryl Todd here from azfirearms.com. Many of us ladies are taking the important step of becoming responsibly armed, but it can be an intimidating process. And with all the politics swirling, a first-time gun buyer, whether a guy or a lady, might feel uncertain about where to begin and who to trust. At azfirearms.com, we are a small, friendly, family-owned shop that specializes in first-time gun buyers. We are staffed with knowledgeable people who are ready to help answer all of your questions. My husband Dan and I pride ourselves on having a safe, no-pressure environment. Once you have decided on a purchase, azfirearms.com partners with professional firearms instructors who will train you to become a responsible, safe, prepared, and proficient gun owner. So ladies and gents, when you are looking for personalized service and a huge selection, come to azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road or visit Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, we are excited that you are here with us today. We are entering into a new era in the United States. And uh, I know people are fearful. There are some that are fearful, but... There are so many of us that are hopeful because the the presidency of Donald J. Trump and the vice presidency of Mike Pence to us and hopefully as time goes on to all American citizens will represent a renewed respect for our Constitution and our constitutional rights. And I am proud to introduce our first guest today who is very much a part of protecting our Constitution in his job as Senior Director and Government Relations of State Affairs for the National Shooting Sports Foundation. We have Jake McGuigan on the line with us. Are you with us, Jake? Yes, I am, so. How are you doing today? Oh, so, so good. So good. And so happy to have you on because as I was crafting the show today, you know, the whole idea of, okay, so now what? Because I think so many of us thought that 
uh, it was we were pretty much going to be facing at least four more years of a huge assault on our Second Amendment rights if if Hillary Clinton had gotten elected. And so when that didn't happen, we all were like, OK, uh, whoa. All right. Good. But. <laughs> well, you know, as we as we discussed and when you reached out to me a week or so ago about being a guest, uh, I had to kind of scrap uh, the discussion that I had planned. <laughs> so it is a good it is a good thing we had to scrap that discussion. And it's uh, it's very good for gun owners. It's very good for the Second Amendment and for the industry. Um, you know what happened on Tuesday. Absolutely. Um, you know, Jake, Going against the mainstream media does help. Jake, this is Dan Todd. I I just want to, can you give a brief description of what the NSSF is about? Sure. So the National Shooting Sports Foundation, we are the trade association for the firearms industry. So we represent all manufacturers, retailers, distributors, and ranges across the country. We have about 14,000 members. Um, and essentially, if you look at it, the NRA on their side, they're representing an individual right. And we are representing the industry and the business side of things. So the large manufacturers are all members of ours. The Smith & Wesson, the Remingtons, the Glocks of the world are all members of ours, and we work for them. Well, very good. And so um, as you are preparing to launch into 2017 and beyond, what is going to be different? I mean, we still have many, many challenges, clearly, uh, out there for those of us that love our Constitution and our Second Amendment rights. So, um, you know, you, your organization is having a webinar coming up next Thursday to kind of talk about that. Can you give us a little bit of a, a preview as to what we're going to hear on the webinar and how anybody that's interested can, can tune in? Definitely. Um, what I would tell you, and most importantly, I mean, Coming out of the election on Tuesday, things were great, and things the results were great for the industry. But I think what we need to look at is, is some of the initiatives, some of the stuff that uh, Bloomberg and Everytown um, for quote-unquote gun safety is doing in America. Uh, now more than ever, they're going to realize they can't accomplish anything in Washington, D.C., so where are they going to take their money and their efforts? And that's going to be to the state level, and that's also going to be to the local level. And that's really where the battle is going to be. He did win uh, a background check bill that was uh, in Nevada. Um, that was a very hard fork. Uh, you know, we, we fought it hard with the NRA and other gun groups in Nevada, uh, but he did win that. Uh, and we're going to see more and more of that because that's the way to get it done, doing local initiatives and voter initiatives and really changing the messaging. Um, you know, he, he's spending millions upon millions of dollars on the messaging. He lost, or they lost in Maine, but don't put it, I mean, they spent $8 million in Maine on the Universal Background Check Initiative. So those are the places we're going to have to deal with, and those are the battles we're going to see coming up here in the future. Well, Jake, I think that uh, Nevada got kind of hidden away because of all the other political uh, stuff that's going on right now. So, Mm -hmm. you know, alerting the public and all these retailers, they need to join the NSSF to follow what's going on because that's where we're going to win in the state battles. It's going to be easier for Bloomberg, but it's going to be harder if we wake up and fight like we did when we elected uh, Trump. You are correct on that. And that's, that's the retailers need to be cognizant of this. And this is something that, you know, the retailers are concerned and taking on liability for doing background checks. And, you know, in some states, we've had situations where they actually wanted to limit what could be charged. The retailer could only charge 10 or $20 to do a background check. You know, so 
you know, we believe that in those situations, there at least should be a free market where you could opt out of it because you are taking on a ton of liability doing the 4473 and doing all of the work on the background check. But those are the things that we're going to be battling. We're going to see it all the way down to local and county levels because that's where his money can be used and be spent and to get results. Well, and for me, when I hear the way that they phrase things, the Bloombergs and the Moms Demand Action and Moms Hate Guns and all those groups, to me there is such a a level of A, trickery, Mm -hmm. and B, taking advantage of this willful ignorance that the public has. And I always I I hate to use the word ignorance because it it has like connotations to it. But I mean it in the in the truest sense that they're ignoring our history. They're ignoring looking deeper into what our rights really are. What does the constitution really even say? And what what um laws are currently even on the books? And so I think that when they craft this message and they say, well, you know, don't you want stronger laws that protect the children? You know, it's like, how do you say no to that? You know, how do, because what you're saying is I don't want the children protected. That's that's where your brain goes, right? Well, you're 100% correct on that, Cheryl, because they are spending millions of dollars on messaging, and they're also spending millions of dollars on focus group and focus group testing. Um, so they know right off the bat what they're going to do, how they're going to do it, and the messaging they're going to use. Now, when you, have the, when you craft the correct messaging and you spend $8 million on media, it becomes very difficult um, for us to push back on that. Uh, you know, we do everything we can in our power, and fortunately the residents of Maine uh, thought differently. But if you look at it, I mean, Nevada is turning to a blue state. Um, and so that was a situation in Nevada where, you know, that a result of the Trump election is why that passed. I mean, it's basically 50-50 with the results on that. You know, you put that background check in North Carolina or, or in Ohio, you're going to have a different result. Um, and that's essentially what's happening. And, and in Washington State, they had the background check a few years ago as well. Um, that was basically their test run. Their test run was Washington State. They did well there. Now what are they going to do? They're going to cherry pick what states they think they can do the best in. And but that's Jake, why you go ahead. But Jake, Nevada is a gun friend. I mean, everybody owns a gun in Nevada. How did they, how did they do that? Uh, they, everyone does own a, own a gun in Nevada, but also just look at the uh, breakdown of what happened with the demographics in Nevada, right? Um, Nevada's both the state Senate and the uh, House of Representatives in Nevada both flipped to Democratic control. Uh, the background check initiative passed, and Hillary Clinton won that state as well. So you got to have to look at it. Where you know, just like any other state, when you have a large urban area um, and, and the demographics in there, it takes a lot to overcome that. Look at the state of Illinois with Chicago. Chicago is a blip where it's blue. Down there, St. Louis is blue, and the entire rest of the state is red. But you have so many votes coming out of those areas, you just can't make it up in the rural areas, even if there are thousands and thousands and millions of gun owners. Well, and I think there's also a huge portion of people out there that, again, just don't really know even, Mm -hmm. they don't know what they don't know. And Mm -hmm. so um, they're the, I'm a gun owner, but Mm -hmm. proud, right? So I'm a gun owner, but I think that we need to make laws 
more stringent to get guns, but it wasn't stringent when I got it. You know, it's like I've got mine, so I don't care what happens to the next generation. What What do you oh, make yeah, of no, that? No, we, we, we see that all the time, and, and, and it once again goes back to messaging. You know, these people don't understand, you know, like in Washington State, the way that was crafted, if you and I are out in the field hunting and I hand you a firearm, that would have been considered a transfer, and I should have done a background check. You know, it's it's asinine stuff like that that causes major, major issues, um, and even between relatives, the transfer of firearms through relatives. But, you know, we continue to argue that, you know, criminals are not getting them that way. We all know that that's not the case, and by passing background checks, it's not going to save anything when it comes to, you know, these horrific tragedies that are occurring. Um, but it's a feel-good piece of legislation that's easy for them to basically low-hanging fruit to get it done. Why don't they just try to enforce what we have already and see what happens? <laughs> that would be special. Well, you know, that, that's pretty funny because I was actually outside of my polling place here in uh, Connecticut. You well, know, I named the Constitution State. And there's not much left of the Constitution here. Uh, but there was a congresswoman there that I had a discussion with, obviously anti-gun con- you know, conversation with her, and I told her that. I said, listen, you know, the laws that are in place are not enforced. Let's take, let's take something like store purchasing, right? We have a program called Don't Lie for the Other Guy. We have retailers that basically see a store person go down, get all the information for the person, deny the transaction, call the ATF and say, listen, this person tried to purchase the firearm for someone else. We have the address. We have the name. You know, can you take care of it? And there's no follow-up. No and nothing happens. follow-up. They also don't follow None. up. They don't follow up when a person is denied. Yeah, that, I mean, that's, that's no denied, that's, not a not a uh, straw purchase. Oh, I got you. I'm talking about when a person fills the 4473 is and denied. denied. Correct. Correct. He Sorry. can't even set foot in a gun shop. Yeah, and and that's the problem. The laws are there. I mean, you know, listen, as an industry, if you're going to try to straw purchase a firearm, that's the last thing we want to see. I would take a 10 year mandatory sentence. I mean, essentially, there are already already federal guidelines in there, but they're of course never followed and never followed up upon, and that's really where we have issues. You know, you always hear about illegal gun trafficking. Well, you know what? Let's throw the person in jail. Um, there was a situation in Virginia where I think an individual had store purchase or trafficked like 36 firearms up to New York City and he ended up getting like nine months in jail. Oh, wow. But oh, a mom in New Jersey is uh, traveling through the state and gets pulled over and says she has a gun and they put her in jail and her kids are sitting at home with no mom. Yeah, and, and she's got a permit, and she, and she actually alerts the officer she has it, and she's the one that gets arrested and then has to fight jail sentences and get basically pardoned by Governor Christie at the time. Wow. Well, we've got to wrap up, but Jake, thank you so much for, for coming on. And, uh, you know, we're definitely seeing a culture creep from mm-hmm. the California-minded uh, mm-hmm. people to the rest of the country. If it can go one direction, it can go the other. So let's talk about that. Let's focus in on that as as we move forward through these next few years and uh, tell people as we as we uh, go out to commercial how they can learn more about the NSSF. And if they want to tune into your webinar, how do they do that? Yeah, actually, if you go to our website, NSSF.org, again, NSSF.org, there's a little government relations tab up on the top. You can click on that and there'll be an opportunity for you to see all of our government relations stuff, both on the federal and state level, and also the ability to uh, look at our webinar, sign up for our alerts, which are always very helpful, which are both national and state-based alerts. And also we have a weekly government relations email as well. 
Fantastic. And we, we rely on those so much and we appreciate all the work that, that you and everyone at the NSSF is doing. So thank you, Jake McGuigan. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. Well, stick around because just on the other side of this commercial break, we have Bill Chotchkis, host of the Firearms Chat podcast. Stick around. Can you survive the legal aftermath of self-defense? Armed Citizens Legal Defense Network can give you peace of mind knowing that you have the financial and legal assistance to face this new threat to your liberty, your property, and your good name. Become a member today for just $135 a year. Join Armed Citizens Legal Defense Network today. ArmedCitizensNetwork.com Use the tracking code 15625 or Paul Lathrop. ArmedCitizensNetwork.com When you're working hard to beat debt, you've got to think of creative ways to get your income up. Here's an idea. Sell some stuff at auction. Start with locally owned and operated potofgoldestate.com. The owners, Dan and Cheryl Todd, have over 60 years of combined experience in selling antiques, collectibles, guns, coins, and jewelry. And over their many years in business, they've earned the trust of thousands of people just like you. Whether you're saving for a rainy day emergency fund or paying down debt, let potofgoldestate.com help you get the extra cash you need. Potofgoldestate.com will purchase your items outright, or you can consign them to their twice-a-month online auction. Pot of Gold's nationwide online auction is a great place to get top dollar for your collectibles. They specialize in everything from antiques, coins, high-end collectibles, to cars, boats, guns, and more. Get started today at potofgoldestate.com, or visit them off I-10 and Dysart Road in Historic Avondale for some live auction action. For more information, visit potofgoldestate.com. That's potofgoldestate.com. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, educate, and inform. Sponsored by AZ Firearms, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. The theme of our show today is, the election is decided, so now what? Well, our next guest is Bill Choctis. He's a producer and lead host for the Firearms Chat Podcast, which is part of the Self-Defense Network. Are you with us, uh, Bill? I'm here. Uh, tell us about your podcast. Well, um, you know, the show was conceived in the summer of 13, and, you know, it's a funny story, because I've been in journalism for on and off for 30 years. Uh, when I came home from active duty and transitioned to being in the Army Reserve, I went to Fordham University, in the mid-1980s, and I got trained by some of the greatest sports broadcasters in the history of New York sports. And I grew up, like, looking at Fordham University's radio antenna from my bedroom window. So I always wanted to be the Marty Glickman, the Marv Albert, you know, the the, uh, um, the Bob Emmerich, you know, the guy who, who called that final shot or that, that winning field goal, uh, you know, that never happened. How about like so, for the Cubs this uh, last week or two weeks ago? Wouldn't that be exciting? Well, I'm happy for them. I'm happy for them. I'm not a Cubs fan. I'm a New York <laughs> fan uh, all the way through, guys. But uh, I'm happy for them. You know, they broke the curse. And a, a good friend of mine uh, does conservative radio up in Chicago. He's a former congressman named Joe Walsh, not the Eagles guitarist. And he said, I have been born a Cubs fan. So I was very happy to congratulate him on his show last week. But to have called a game like that, that was so tied up and went into overtime and, oh my God. I've watched about four. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. Uh I was, uh, 
in Saudi Arabia when the Giants won Super Bowl 25. I was supposed to be there at the game. My brother was there at the game. And, you know, there were no texts. There was no phone, you know, texts. There was no cell phones like that that did that back then. So uh, I didn't remember owning a cell phone for another seven years. Uh, so, you know, my brother emailed me and he said, when are you coming home? We won. We won. And I said, I saw the game. I was in the mess hall with 18 other pukes in, in a huge tent, you know, oh, what? Wow. and they, they won by a missed field goal. I would have loved to have called that game. My good friend who I went to school with who called the New York Giants on the radio called that winning game, that winning play. Awesome. Wow. That could have been me. Right? Oh, my yeah. gosh. But no, you know what? You were serving your country. And, right. and thank you no, for your service, sir. It's, well, it's, I appreciate that. Uh, you know, know, Veterans Day on Friday. And, and, yeah. Um, it, you know, that's one good thing about living here in Arizona as opposed to coming from New York. And this is the greatest thing I ever did was move here. And then I thank my wife every day because that was the first thing she said to me when we got serious. When my parents are gone and moving to Arizona. Wow. Okay, moving to Arizona. We hey, need Bill. good so, people. Uh, Bill, so you... Oh, yeah. uh, no, no, no. You're a veteran. And, um, yes, sir. Friday morning you woke up. Did you feel a little bit freer this time? I did. Well, I, I was up all night. You know, I watched the election returns since we're, we're getting into discussing of the SMS of that and how it affects firearms owners. Uh, I was up until uh, 2.30 Wednesday morning. My 80-pound old English bulldog was mad at me because he has control of the living room from the time mommy and daddy go to sleep <laughs> until they get up in the morning. And I would not get out of the living room because he sleeps on the couch. And I'm like sitting there across from him and he's like, come on, get out of here already. Turn the TV off. I'm tired. You know, and finally he came over and sat next to me and laid down next to me and said, all right, I guess we're stuck here. I love because it because they didn't call it. But they didn't call it for Mr. Trump, President-elect Trump, until one uh, thirty in the morning last time. And by the time he came and spoke, got Mrs. Clinton's sex uh, uh, concession speech and came and spoke, it was two thirty. So mm-hmm. I didn't want to go to three o'clock. Mm-hmm. When I went to went to dialysis Wednesday morning, I was knocked out. They said you never sleep during treatment. I said <laughs> I, I know, but I'm exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> that was a crazy night. I could not go to bed either. I, I kept telling myself, all right, they're they're set, telling us they're not going to call Pennsylvania until tomorrow morning. So we might as well just go to sleep and see what happens. But then they would give us just one more little carrot dangling out there. So yeah, I've been dragging my behind around this week, just being exhausted, but, but excited and, and, and yeah, just hopeful. And free. Yeah, free. And I just want to tell everybody, just want to tell everybody, I've gotten to know Cheryl a little bit on, on Facebook through our network, the Self-Defense Radio Network, and you see how nice she is on the air? She's <laughs> ten times nicer online. Aww. So don't ever take advantage of her because you'll have a lot of her friends. <laughs> uh, uh, on, you will be on their bad list. You will be on our bad list. You are a doll. Thank- nice as I can put it. Thank you for saying that. And well, you know, Bill, she's also nice at home too. So I, I, I well, I'll well, keep both I, I of you. Thirty-one years. She's been awesome. Well, I, I appreciate like all these accolades. But what I really want people to understand is that I am not unusual, right? Because no, Bill, you're, not. you're nice too, and I, all the people Thank we you. bring on the show. We are not uh, this fringe, weird element that that no. the other side wants to paint us as. No. We are actually... Go ahead. go ahead. 
well, I was going to say, you know, I'm odd in this community a little bit because there are not a lot of people of my faith, the Jewish faith. I've been a Messianic Jew now, but mm-hmm. I was born and raised with full conservative Jew. Uh, my family is military and police. In fact, my father and several of my uncles did both. And my father concurrently, he was until he passed away, he was a um, federal agent. He was postal inspector until 1987 when he passed away. But he served in the Army from 1948 to 1984. Oh, wow. When he left the Korean War from active duty, he went right directly into the reserves. And wow. To imagine growing up in that house. Now, he was a wonderful man. He was a nice man. But he was also a stern man. Yes. And you had to be, you, and I was his firstborn son. So, you know, if I missed a field goal, in the game on Friday night, Saturday morning, I was out in the park with him. And how many fathers do you know own their own jug machine? Wow. We had our own jug machine on a little trailer. Wow. And we towed that on our station wagon because I was a picker and a punter. And he would stand there and feed the balls, and they would toss them to me, and I'd have to pick him and do that. And I had to do that if I missed one this kick. That's that's teaching discipline, morning. right? That's yes, teaching. And what a legacy of service you come from. I mean, I am just, I'm humbled. I really am to know that no, there you are. Don't have to be. I, I am. The, the title of my book is called "I'm No Hero." That'll that'll be out hopefully in the beginning of the new year. And Cheryl and Dan, I promise you an autographed copy. I awesome. love it. Can't wait. That's great. You know, you brought up something, yeah. Bill. You said you were Jewish, and um, it puzzles me that there's a lot of people that are Jewish people that don't believe in the second amendment and no. for what your religion has gone through, what your people have gone through, how could they, how could they ignore that such a powerful amendment? Well, I'm going to give you two quotes. Okay. That, that really proves the other side. First of all, I'm a member of Jews for the preservation of firearm ownership, which is now a part of the second amendment foundation, which I was a member of anyway. And we have a hat. And I have that hat. And it says, nothing says never again like an armed Jew. Mm, right. Wow. And, and and I'm sure you guys know Charlie Heller. He was the first mm-hmm. person we had on our podcast three years ago. Mm-hmm. And I love Charlie. We'll have him back soon. Uh, but we talk all the time because I'm, I'm also a member of AZ, uh, Citizens Defense League. Um, and uh, it's a great organization. Anybody in Arizona should join mm-hmm. if they own a firearm because they lobby for us at the state level. And Absolutely. And they keep us informed. And what's going on in other states on the national level, a lot of people don't know Nevada just passed an expanded background check law on Tuesday. Disgusting. Yes. It is. And the background they, check that we have isn't enough. Of course it is. You know, and I'm saying there, but by the grace of constitutionally, constitutional loving voters go every state in the nation. That's right. If That's we right. aren't tapped in, if we aren't educated, if we don't know what we have to lose, and history tells us over and over and over again, but we, I don't know, why do, why do you think that we just put these blinders on and we think that each generation is reinventing the world for the first time and we, we well, have could, nothing to learn from the past? Coming from New York, I could tell you how it is with the Jewish population in the New York City area and on Long Island, where I lived for a decade before I came here five years ago with my wife. Uh, and by the way, my wife converted. She was a gorgeous Roman Catholic Italian girl. And when we met, we already had a Jewish couple introduced us, and she said, I want to convert. And I said, don't do it for me. 
And she says, no, I want to do it for me. Hmm. And then we both converged together to Messianic about four years ago. Wow. Um, what a journey. Uh, uh, yeah, it is. It has been. And, and it's continuing. We do a Bible study here every Tuesday night. Um, most of it's over the phone now. Uh, people just, we do a phone thing. Uh, much the same way I do my podcast. We, I have a, a free conference call account, and just everybody calls in. And whatever scripture we're reading at the time, right now we're working on it. We're actually we went backwards and working on Genesis. But that that's a... we've done Psalms. We've done. Uh, we just finished Job recently, and but I don't want to take us off track here. Uh, you wanted to know about my show. My show was formed a little over three years ago. We originally had three partners. Now it's just me and Greg Hutton. Greg is a gunsmith. He was, our journeys are similar because he went from California to Ohio and I went from New York to Arizona. And I'm studying gunsmithing now at Yavapai. I'm working on degree number six. It wasn't enough that I got an associate's, a bachelor's, two masters, and a doctorate. So now I got to get <laughs> gunsmithing degree six. I love but, it. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't, you know, I'm a professional student. What can I tell you? Uh, and, and I'm teaching again. I'm now uh, uh, doing some stuff here in, in Cottonwood at Mountain View Prep. I'm doing a patriotic uh, military history for the fourth, fifth, and sixth grades because my neighbor is a retired teacher from there, and she still helps out. And her cousin and her niece are still teaching at that school. So um, it's a beautiful program. And I spoke Wednesday night for the first time. They did a, a, a thing in the in the auditorium slash gym. 600 kids, and I didn't realize how many parents that I was friends with had their kids there, and I was, like, really embarrassed the next day. They were posting everything on Facebook. Cheryl, I don't know if you saw it, but my friend John Cook, who was my physical therapist, had a big picture of me from the front of the auditorium from all these people, and I'm like, oh, my God. So wonderful. And then my wife says, you can't even see you. I'm like, (laughs) I look terrible. Anyway, okay. All right. Well, um, we've so that's got how the show got formed, and and Self Defense Radio Network, which you're also a member of, uh, this show, Gun Freedom Radio. You were the first person on our Facebook page to reach out and and help me and be friendly with me. And wow. thank you so much. And Greg and I thank you so much. Well, it uh, is. But everybody's wonderful. Paul is great. I've been listening to Bob for about a year. Uh, Handgun World podcast. That's how I found out about the network. Um, and you should endeavor to have Paul Wafer on co-founder, his story about what happened to him and why we need um, some kind of, we have insurance protection mm-hmm. for after the shooting, if God forbid a shooting ever has to take place, where we have to defend ourselves with our firearms. Absolutely. And, and we're sponsored by a great organization, uh, but there are others out there that are also just as good. And, um, you know, don't uh, uh, do your shopping. That's all I would say. Do your shopping for that kind of insurance just like you would for any other insurance. Absolutely. Well, listen, I hate that time has gone, but we have to wrap up. Tell folks real quick, as we go out to commercial, how they can uh, hear your your podcast, and uh, we'll definitely have to reconnect and, and have you back on again soon. No, absolutely. I apologize for that. I can do that with people. You know, I, that's what that is in this business. I'm a talker. <laughs> Me you know? too. And, and our show is very conversational. It's it's very simple. On the, the selfdefenseradio.net, okay, and you'll find all our shows there, so not just mine, yours as well, mm-hmm. but on our website, it's www.firearmschat, with a capital F, all one word, dot com, 
and we have a new show every Thursday night. This Thursday, we interviewed fellow network uh, contributor Lloyd Bailey on Lutheran Radio, and his story is fantastic, man. You you got to get Lloyd on. His story is great. He's actually and, on um, today, later today on no. our show. Okay. Well, I snagged uh, you both. You <laughs> got us both at the same time. Lloyd's a great guy. Uh, it's good to get to know him, get to be friendly with him. And, uh, it, you know, um, my email, firearmschat at gmail.com, as you know. And uh, on Facebook, of course, we have a page, Firearms Chat, but my personal page, Bill Chackis, either way, and that's C-H-A-C-H-K-E-S. It's really easy because everybody with that name spelled like that is a relative of mine. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's fantastic. <laughs> that's it. You can find my whole family that's, you know, uh, digitally connected on Facebook. I love um, it. Well, and, Bill... Yeah, and I, I really appreciate it, and, and I'll, take, I'll take the... I do consulting, I do firearms consulting, so uh, anybody that wants that question answered, what's a good urban concealed carry pistol, I'll be glad to help you out with that. Fantastic. Thank you again for your service, and thank you for joining us today on Gun Freedom Radio. Bill Chachkas. Thanks for having me, Cheryl and Dan. Take Uh, care. You too. Bye-bye. All right, stick around. We have John Richardson, another podcaster and blogger, coming up right after this. Don Collier here, letting you know that you won't get fool's gold at Potty Gold Auction. They're the genuine article. Potty Gold auctions off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Stop in and see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd in Avondale, Arizona for some live auction action. Or check them out on the web at pottygoldestate.com. Auctions take place the first and third Tuesday of every month and are full of a great mix of antiques, collectibles, jewelry, guns, and coins. Visit our beautiful air-conditioned showroom off the I-10 at Dysart Road at 215 East Western Avenue in historic downtown Avondale. You will find a friendly and knowledgeable staff, comfortable chairs, and we even serve free birthday cake at every auction. Or bid from the comfort of your home at potofgoldestate.com. Don't miss out. Everything is going, going, gone at potofgoldestate.com. Hey everybody, this is Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan, world champion gunslinger and Hollywood gun coach. In the Westerns, there's always a good guy and a bad guy, and sometimes the ugly guy. And I always root for the good guy, which is why I'm here to tell you about the good folks over at azfirearms.com. They are straight shooters and always give you the best deal in town. azfirearms.com is the biggest little gun shop in Arizona and have something for every single gun enthusiast. Long guns, pistols, hunting, military, law enforcement, home protection, you name it. And when you've got some guns to sell or trade in and trade up, azfirearms.com are the folks to see. Geez, they bought a cannon once. They are family owned and operated, friendly staff, courteous, totally reliable. azfirearms.com will give you the best value for your used guns. So stop in, see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd at azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road and tell them Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan sent you. Be a part of the gold rush and head on down to see my friends at Potty Gold Auctions in Avondale, Arizona. Or check out the auction online at pottygoldestate.com. These folks auction off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Everything is going, going, gone. So you best hurry and tell them Don Collier sent you.
Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, educate, and inform. Sponsored by AZ Firearms, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. We're glad you're with us today. If you missed any part of the show, be sure to check out our website for the recording. Our guest this uh, segment is John Richardson. He's a blogger at No Lawyers, Only Guns and Money, and co-hosts the Polite Society podcast, which is also a member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. Are you with us, John? He's not quite with us. We're having a little bit of Skype trouble, but but we're going to ring him up on the phone now. Well, I want to talk to him because it says here, legalizing silencers. Everybody wants to know about that. You know, these are when we were trying to decide, all right, what do we talk about? Because there's so much to talk about. So we're trying to narrow the focus. We thought, well, let's uh, let's talk about some of the stuff that we as a as a firearms industry have been pushing towards and hoping for and that we now have an opportunity to really lean in on and, and get some work done. And that is is one of the issues. Uh, so, John, are you with us? I'm with you. Oh, so excited to have you on. We've gotten to chat with each other uh, when Dan and I have been a part of the Polite Society podcast. Um, but this is our first chance to bring you to our show. So thank you for taking the time on a Saturday and being with us. John, I have well, to ask you. to be here. I have to ask you right away. This legalizing uh, suppressors, silencers. What's going on with that? I haven't seen, other than the Hearing Protection Act that is just sitting in Congress, I have not seen anything yet out of the upcoming Trump administration. Okay. But I'm, I'm keeping my fingers crossed on that one. That's just one of the things that we know we want to get done, right? Yeah. It is a matter of safety. I can't speak for Dan, but I know I have tinnitus. I mean, I have the ringing in my ears because I was young and stupid and shot without hearing protection. And there's a lot of us out there. And if we could have essentially mufflers, just like we put on our cars or our lawnmowers, it would make us better neighbors. And I think would uh, perhaps even open up more shooting areas. I know it's better for new shooters because they don't feel the concussion. Well, John, I've been married 31 years. I thought the ringing was Cheryl, but I found out it really wasn't. It is the guns. He's a brave man. I'm sitting close enough to give him a paper cut, and he still says that. So He's a brave man. <clears throat> he indeed is. So as we're, we're looking ahead, you know, we've got such an amazing opportunity in front of us now that we have uh, uh, Donald Trump, Republican, heading to the White House, right? We have uh, the Senate is mostly red, which is Republican. We have the the Congress is mostly red, which is Republican. We've got governors across the nation. We've got lots of local offices that have been filled through this election with Republicans. We have such an amazing opportunity. And I want to talk about what some of those things are um, as, as they relate to our Constitution and the Second Amendment. But I also want to caution our listeners, as I did in our in our opener, that it's kind of ours to screw up now. I mean, we have to stay vigilant. We can't just sit back and go, okay, so we've got it, and, and everybody else is going to take care of it, right? That's correct. I mean, we have to provide the Trump administration a list of what we want. Um, the gun rights community, especially the NRA, went all in for him 
before any of the other Republican, major Republican constituencies. We were there for him when people were like, a, you know, a reality star. Right. Yeah, I'm not sure. But we were there. <laughs> and I think it's time that our payback be what we asked for. I mean, I'm sure reciprocity, well, he's already said reciprocity, he supports. That's fantastic. Getting rid of gun-free zones on military bases, he supports. Mm-hmm. So there's, you know, there's a few other things that we need to push through right away, um, and whether it's as a single bill or as an omnibus bill. An omnibus bill, if we could get everything in one bill, would be perfect. Um, but if not, then we chip away bit by bit by bit. Absolutely, and you know, I think that. Um... You know, again, people just kind of think that, well, he said he would support these things, and so the cat's in the bag, and we don't have to think about it or worry about it anymore. But in any representative government, when you have the public speaking to you, reaching out to you, and saying, this is how I want you to represent me, if he has more and louder voices that come at him and say, there's something bad about reciprocity maybe, or there's something bad about legalizing uh, suppressors, or there's something bad about uh, gun-free zones on military, uh, you know, ending gun-free zones on military bases, then as a representative, he has to represent the loudest and most uh, numerous voices. So, Well, at least he has to give them the time of day. Absolutely. And so we have to give him our time of day. We have to continue to let him and all of our representatives, local, state, federal, the benefit of knowing why we value what we value so that they know how to best represent us. Do you agree? I would agree. So you have not only uh, your co-host on the Polite Society podcast, and I, I just love that name. Uh, can you explain to our listeners why it's called the Polite Society Podcast? What does that hearken to? Well, it goes back to the saying, an armed society is a polite society. Exactly. And so you also have your very own blog that you, uh, do you have other contributors or is it just, just you it's filling just the blog? Me. And that's a big just job. On the blog. That's a big job. Uh, I can attest to that. And so it's called No Lawyers, Only Guns and Money. And that hearkens to something as well. What does that hearken to? Well, there was a song back in the 70s by a singer called Warren Zevon called Send Lawyers, Guns and Money. I'm <laughs> not a lawyer, so, but I am a financial planner. So I said, well, I'll talk about guns and money. You know, I'd do some financial advice. Well, I kind of forgot that part along the way. And, you know, so I'm not a lawyer, but I can talk about guns and money. I love it. That's so clever. Um, I can almost hear the song as I'm saying the title of your blog. And um, so tell people how can they find both of those uh, things that you're involved in, your blog and the, the podcast. Well, the podcast is available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Android under the Polite Society podcast. You could also find it on our website, which is www.politesocietypodcast.com. My blog, No Lawyers, Only Guns, and Money, you can find at 
only guns and money, all one word, dot blogspot.com. Fantastic. And you're also part of the uh, self-defense radio network, as, at least as part of, as the uh, the podcast goes, so people can find you. That is correct. There we as well. We were one of the founding members of it. It's fantastic. It's such a great idea to, to bring all the quality shows together, because sometimes people, they think, I want to listen, but I'm not sure if I'm getting sound information. And if you go to the uh, the Self-Defense Radio Network, you're, you're getting you're getting good information, people that really know their stuff. So I really appreciate you taking the time and being a part of our show today, John. And uh, really, thank you for all you do to help protect our Second Amendment rights. Well, I appreciate that. And thank you and Dan for what you guys are doing. Absolutely. You you do this every week for two to three hours, which is a lot more than I could do. <laughs> well, it is two hours, but it flies. I mean, I am telling you, the prep work sometimes feels like a, a mountain to climb every week, but the, the time on the air, it just flies because, you know, when you love what you're doing, you know, and I and we do. Gotcha. It's such a, a blessing to be able to do this and, and alongside people like yourself. So thank you again, John Richardson. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. All right, stick around. We still have our second hour, so don't move a muscle. We have Maj Ture of Black Guns Matter and Lloyd Bailey of Armed Lutheran Radio coming up right after this. Ladies, Cheryl Todd here from azfirearms.com. Many of us ladies are taking the important step of becoming responsibly armed, but it can be an intimidating process. And with all the politics swirling, a first-time gun buyer, whether a guy or a lady, might feel uncertain about where to begin and who to trust. At azfirearms.com, we are a small, friendly, family-owned shop that specializes in first-time gun buyers. We are staffed with knowledgeable people who are ready to help answer all of your questions. My husband, Dan, Dan and I pride ourselves on having a safe, no-pressure environment. Once you have decided on a purchase, azfirearms.com partners with professional firearms instructors who will train you to become a responsible, safe, prepared, and proficient gun owner. So ladies and gents, when you are looking for personalized service and a huge selection, come to azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road or visit us on the web at azfirearms.com.